1: Good morning, I'm Eric Anderson, in for Debbie Cruz. It's Tuesday, March 21st, a pageant for San Diego children that live with disabilities. More on that later in the show, but first, let's do the headlines. The rain this week will be the heaviest today and last at least through Thursday, a flood watch is in effect through Wednesday evening for the county's valleys and mountain areas because of excessive rain. Mountain areas are also under a winter storm watch until Wednesday night. Strong winds are expected in coastal areas, gusts of up to 55 miles an hour. Snow levels could reach 7,000 feet today and fall to 5,000 feet tomorrow. North County commuters will need to have patience as Caltrans works to repair a huge sinkhole on Highway 78. A sinkhole in the north county was created when a culvert collapsed last week. The culverts are between 40 and 60 feet deep. Caltrans' Sean Rizzuto says that forces them to close the highway lanes for safety reasons.
0: Oh, it is a difficult culvert to get to um, and we wanted to make sure that we got all the, um, the voids underneath the roadway removed so we don't have this problem in the future and we get a long life culvert. We're expecting to get 100 years out of this culvert replacement.
1: In the short term, commuters who depend on Highway 78 will have to use alternative routes for the next couple of weeks. Because of the upcoming rain, the westbound lanes will remain closed for the rest of the week. Once the westbound lanes are repaired, Caltrans says they'll close all eastbound lanes for more repairs. A new UC San Diego Health Clinic is opened in Bankers Hill. It's offering cardiovascular care and will add primary care later this year. The clinic will provide treatments for conditions like heart rhythm disorders, heart failure, and adult congenital heart disease. The medical director of the clinic says it will allow UCSD to expand its services and evaluate patients in a more timely fashion. The cardiovascular clinic is two floors and has 15 exam rooms, while the primary care portion of the clinic has 12. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need.
2: Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right.
1: California Governor Gavin Newsom wrapped up his five day State of the State tour yesterday. During that tour, he highlighted his major policy goals. Newsom's last stop was in the Imperial Valley to get an update on the progress of lithium production. The valley contains one of the largest lithium deposits in the world, and lithium is an essential battery component in electric cars.
2: We had a crazy idea of signing an executive order to become the first jurisdiction in the country only jurisdiction in the world to require all vehicles sold in this, again, remarkable place we call home to be alternative fuel. I, I could not even imagine four or five years later. Not only do we codify those goals, but you've now seen those goals advance.
1: The California Energy Commission estimates there's enough lithium in the Imperial Valley to meet all of the U.S.'s projected demand and 40 percent of the world's demand. In San Diego Sunday, Newsom announced a proposal to fund a major expansion of housing and treatment for residents with mental illness and addiction. A mental health advocate tells reporter Alexander Wynn it's a step in the right direction, but she worries that it won't address all the systematic failures in mental health services. Newsom says the plan is the next step in how California expands services for unhoused
3: people, especially those with mental health and substance abuse disorder. He says it's much needed, as encampments have popped up on sidewalks and under freeway overpasses throughout
2: the state, where people experiencing mental health crises are a common sight. We're fooling ourselves that if we don't address that fundamental need, that we can turn this thing around.
3: Mental health advocate Linda Mim says the governor is heading in the right direction.
0: I like that these topics are being talked about, and I think that the Mental Health Services Act, which is now 20 years old, needs a rehaul.
3: Which is what the governor plans to do. State Senator Susan Eggman plans to introduce the ballot measure, which will also improve oversight for counties. As part of this measure, money would also be set aside to house more than 10,000 homeless veterans. The measure would go before voters on the 2024 ballot.
1: Alex Zanowin, KPPS News. Twenty years ago Sunday, the U.S. and its allied forces launched a shock and awe invasion of Iraq that would lead to more than 4,500 U.S. military and hundreds of thousands of Iraqi deaths. San Diego-based units led parts of the assault from the land and sea. Military reporter Andrew Dyer has more.
0: On March 19, 2003, more than 460,000 U.S. and coalition forces began airstrikes and the ground invasion of Iraq the next day. It took just 26 days to achieve the war's tactical objectives, but an insurgency would prolong it more than a decade. San Diego-based military units would rotate in and out of the region for the duration of the war. Greg Daddis is the director of the Center for War and Society at San Diego State. He says false assumptions by U.S. war planners added to the many challenges.
1: As we move forward as a nation, I think we have to have these uncomfortable
0: conversations and more honest conversations about our faith in war and the limits of what we can achieve when we go to war. Almost 4,500 U.S. service members were killed in Iraq, and Iraqi estimated deaths range from 150 000 to 500,000 killed, including civilians. Andrew Dyer, KPBS News.
1: This summer, there is a new pageant coming to the county. The Miss California Extraordinaire competition is open to contestants up to 21 years old, with some of the girls as young as preschool age. Education reporter M.G. Perez introduces us to a couple of the contenders. All night, long, all,
0: night, all, night all night. Show me your dance move. Yes. Four year old Ramelia Joy Masella and her mother Kirsten are dance partners. They have been for quite a while. You can do it. Come on, sis. Oh my gosh.
1: Look at you.
0: Mom calls her sis, most everyone else calls her Remy. She is quite the fashion plate, with a smile that is ready for the runway.
3: Her body works different than us. She doesn't have words yet, but she uses icons to talk and just lights up every room she walks in. You want some water?
0: You want to eat? But you want a squeezy pouch. Remy was born with low oxygen of the brain. She had an injury at birth, which resulted in cerebral palsy. So she is differently abled. Her family is ready to support Remy in what she is about to do next. That includes her dad, Aaron, and her two brothers, Malachi and Emrick, along with their live-in nanny and grandma, who lives close by. Remy loves to dance,
3: and so we are thinking about doing a silk dance so she can use her arm and show her ability to move and groove to the music.
0: Remy is registered as a contestant in the new Miss California Extraordinaire pageant coming in July. Brie Gels is the pageant's founder. She is also the former Miss U.S. And beyond the crown, she is a mom, wife, and a speech pathology assistant who works with neurodiverse children.
3: If you have a disability, Come. Come be a part of this awesome family. It's not just an organization. It's not just a chance to get on stage and look beautiful. It's a family.
0: Gels has begun holding mentor meetings and photo shoots for those girls already registered, preparing them for a traditional formal wear competition and the talent portion that will allow them to shine most. <laughs> Give us your best for Salt.
3: Oh, I want it now. <laughs> That's the best <laughs>
0: Sixteen-year-old Kira Herschel is an actress and a blossoming comedian. She is also living with a traumatic brain injury. She suffered when she was hit by a car crossing the street with her mother as a very young child. Kira has always been active and persistent in shattering stereotypes of differently abled people.
3: It's not reality at all. You need a good sense of humor and you have to not be afraid to step out of your comfort
0: zone. Her dad and younger sister are also part of the family support system, nourished by her mother, who is her biggest cheerleader just help her through the hard
4: parts and like celebrate through the good.
0: (laughs) Led by the legacy of its founder, the Miss California Extraordinaire Pageant in July will have beauty and talent and so much more. Society sees a wheelchair.
3: Society sees a handicap, a disability. And this pageant is going to allow our society to see what's under all of this.
0: Meanwhile, in the Masella household, there is hope for the future and plenty of joy, which, remember, is Remy's middle name. I can't imagine that life would be as rich without the blessings and the, the lessons that these kids are teaching us. This is an education that everyone involved will learn by heart. M.G. Perez, KPBS
1: News. Coming up, a new novel gives a voice to the often ignored women of the Vietnam War. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. The author of Dust Child will be in San Diego today to discuss the new novel. The book gives voice to the often invisible women of the Vietnam War and to the mixed-race children that some women had with American troops. Arts reporter Beth Akamando spoke with the author, Wee and Phan K. Mai, ahead of the event.
4: Kwame, before we discuss your new book, Dust Child, give us a little background on yourself. I was born and uh, grew up in Vietnam.
3: So when I was little and living in southern Vietnam, some of the children in my neighborhood were mixed race children uh, born and abandoned during the war. I saw how they were bullied and I had empathy for them. But my family had moved from North Vietnam to South Vietnam. So I myself was considered an outcast. It was hard for me to make friends and I was bullied as well. So I wanted to speak up about the Amerasians, the, the mixed race children, but I didn't dare to. I think that was the seed of my novel, Dust Child, because I was always scared curious about them. Then in 2015, I read an article that moved me very deeply about this American veteran who came back to Vietnam when he was in his early 70s. He walked the streets of Saigon with an album of old photos, the photos of him and his former Vietnamese girlfriend. And he wanted to find her to be able to meet his responsibility as a father. So then I realized the need of American veterans to find their lost children and the needs of Amerasians to find their parents. So I started to volunteer to help them reconnect. And I witnessed so many incredible stories that compelled me to write this novel, Dust Child.
4: And Dust Child gives voice to a number of different kinds of people, including these kind of invisible women of Vietnam and to the Amerasian children. So... What did you want to tackle by kind of giving us this mix of characters?
3: So, you know, as a writer, I wanted to find projects that uncover untold stories that offer us uh, lessons from the past. And I mean, the more difficult the histories, the more we can learn from them. And I think looking at the difficulties which have been experienced by Americans and their parents, I, I told myself, you know, I needed to research about them and document their experiences to be able to reflect for myself, you know, what this could mean for the future. I researched into literature, which has been written about Amerasians in Vietnam as well as their parents, and I didn't find a single book that documents comprehensively, you know, the Amerasians experiences in Vietnam as well as of their parents. So I wanted to to include the voices of Fathers of Americans, why they had walked away from their children. Mothers of Ameritians, the difficult decisions they had to make when they abandoned or gave away their children. And the, the experiences of Ameritians who grew up in Vietnam, who, who were you know, called children of the enemy. As we speak today, there are still tens of thousands of them out there looking for their parents. And I know many American veterans who are looking for their children as well. And as well as the mothers who are, you know, trying to search for their kids and they don't even know if their children are alive.
4: Two themes that seem to arise for me were the ideas of guilt and forgiveness. And that seems very strong in a lot of these characters.
3: Oh, yes. All of my characters experience guilt and they are searching for forgiveness not just from others, but from themselves. And I think, you know, with wars and conflicts, people were pushed into making decisions that they would not normally do. Then they feel guilty afterwards. And you know, it takes years of reflection to be able to forgive oneself. And sometimes people refuse to acknowledge their past wrongdoings. And I think to be able to forgive and move on, you have to reconcile with their past, right? And I mean, you know, no one is perfect. So people who are normal mothers and fathers who were pushed into making decisions that they had to make to be able to save their families, it's not an easy decision. And then years later, they have to forgive themselves or seek for
4: forgiveness for their children. I want to thank you very much for talking about Dust Child. Thank you so much, Beth, for having me on the show.
1: That was Beth Accomando speaking with author Wee and Fawn K. Mai. She'll be at Point Loma Assembly this evening to discuss her new book, Dust Child. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. Come back tomorrow to hear about what San Diego scientists learned from samples taken from a lake under Antarctica's massive ice cap. I'm Eric Anderson. Thanks for listening, and have a great Tuesday.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by... Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at CandlewoodArtsFestival.org.